and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspired Evolution with Greg Braden. In this episode, we dive deep on where we are at life right now and the importance of our human story. He goes all the way to invite us to write a whole new human story. From that, we challenge our beliefs, we challenge our values, we get connected to a really deep alignment in order to support living in alignment with our values, with our beliefs. The new story is calling upon us, in his opinion, with his sharing, to dissolve competition, to walk out a whole new path of cooperation. He says that is the natural law of nature, and that's kind of where we're headed, what we've been doing this whole time anyway. In that, he highlights the importance of community. That was huge for me. You know, I love to connect. I love to contribute. And so for me to hear like that, just him sharing how important community is, was huge for me. I love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning into the Inspired Evolution, for being such a blessed part of the community. Tune in and learn the importance of our stories, how to transcend our stories, how to be empowered to write our own story, right? And from there, what it means to really believe the key thing that he talked about was, hey, what is your human story? And from there, like understanding that we have the choice of what our story is, but then also just after that, behind that is the power of our belief. So you can choose whatever story you want, but if you don't necessarily believe it, it may not necessarily resonate for you. But if you can choose the most empowering story that's available for you, and you can believe it, it's gonna be one that you can believe. If you can believe that, you legitimately transform and awaken to your infinite potential. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you actually live the life that you love. I'm your host, Amrit Sandhu, international speaker, global coach, and loving podcaster. As a gift for tuning into this podcast, I have something really special just for you. My premium short course, which can teach you how to meditate in just seven days, you can download it now at www.inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. That's www. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Inspiredevolution.com forward slash learn. Learn how to meditate in just seven days. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this powerfully insightful conversation. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the latest episodes launching every Monday designed to help you live the life you love and keep you inspired to evolve. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution and ladies, gentlemen, plants of all kinds. It is such a treat to be here. We are here with Greg Braden. Greg, how are you? I am awesome. I'm awesome. I'm thrilled to be with you. Uh, My sense is our time. It's going to go by very quickly today. So before we begin, I just want to take this moment to send my love to my Australian family. Uh, I love you. I miss you. I was supposed to be in your country this year uh, in this very strange year that we find ourselves in. Of course, I'm not. And uh, and I look forward to when I am. And this is the next best thing. So <laughs> I'm right, uh, thank you. Thank you for your trust in sharing me with with your community, with your family. And You know, brother, this is a dance, uh, and I don't mind following someone else's lead. So I'm going to follow your lead in this dance, and let's see where we go. Let's see where we take it. I'm quite humbled. I'm I'm humbled on many accounts, A, to be the consolation prize for for you not being able to be here, and also to be able to lead a dance. Wow. um, For those tuning in to Greg for the first time, let me quickly do the honors. He, Wow. For me personally, I feel like there's a a new conversation that's emerging and I feel like the sages of the present time are walking this new talk between spirituality and science as a language and a tool that can help us really bridge the, the, the understanding of who we really are and why we're really here. Greg recently wrote a book on this endeavor, um, Awakening the Power of the New Human Story. And in fact, I would almost argue that all his books are dedicated to this endeavor. He's a five times New York Times, uh, five times New York Times bestselling author. And in 2020's Templeton Prize nominee, which is no small feat, right? So the Templeton Prize is actually an annual award, which is granted to a living person whose exemplary achievements philanthropically advance the harnessing of power of the sciences to explore the deepest questions of the universe and then humankind's place and purpose within it. And I find that beyond fitting. Like it is just, when you sum up Greg's work, it's just like, that's, that's really what's emerging in there. And this curiosity about who we are, the universe in it and how we're there and what is, what are we actually doing here is, you know, a massive question, but in honoring of everybody's time, I think one of Greg's favorite questions, and I may be putting words in your mouth, so correct me if I'm wrong, is to sort of explore how do we wake, awaken our extraordinary potential? And I'd love to go there with you straight from the outset. Oh, well, first, thank you for my, my beautiful introduction. And I, I was excited about the Templeton announcement because it's awarded to a living person. To me, that's the most important thing. The affirmation that I'm alive. <laughs> you know, it's no good to award to, to, to the dead people, you know. Let's, let's do to the living people. So, so, so thank you for that. And, um, you know, the, the, the answer to the question, how do we awaken this potential? Uh, first, we have to discover what this potential is. 
And this is where the bulk of my life's journey has led. I'm a scientist. I'm a degreed earth scientist, a strong background in, in the life sciences. And what I found early on, Amrit, if, if you ask someone to draw the line, where does science end and spirituality and everyday life begin? The moment you draw that line, you have just fallen into the ancient trap that keeps us stuck in the thinking uh, and the living that has prevented us from embracing the deepest truths of our existence, the deepest truths of our potential. Because what I understood, came to understand as, as a scientist early in, in life, back when I was in school back in the 1950s, 1960s, early 1970s. And what I found was that everything I was learning was placed into these boxes. There was a little box that was called geology and a little box called chemistry and another one physics. And you know, mathematics and cosmology, nature doesn't know about those boxes and neither does our lives. So this is why sometimes academia seems to fail us when we are, are trying to solve the problems of everyday life because we have been taught that we are separate from the world around us, that we are separate from ourselves. And this is one of those really beautiful places where science, spirituality, social policy, and everyday life come together in, in a beautiful way uh, because the truth is that our ancestors understood our relationship to ourselves and to the world around us on a very deep level. They may not have been scientists as we describe them today, but they definitely understood that we are not what we've been told and we are so much more than we've ever imagined. And so that led me on, on the journey to some of the most isolated and remote and pristine and beautiful and mystical and magical places remaining on the earth from the, the highlands of central China and Tibet and the monks and the nuns and the abbots and the monasteries and Nepal and India, certainly, and the Yucatan and the shamans and the Curandaros and the end of the Andes Mountains and the Altiplano Bolivia and all through the desert southwest and in the aboriginal traditions of the great land of Australia, and more. And the bottom line, as different as these traditions are, there is a through line that connects them all. And they all tell us that we arrived on this earth intact with extraordinary potential, where science has asked us to believe that we developed slowly, gradually over a long period of time. Mm. Now, this is a very, very different way of thinking. In the new science, this is where, where the science is just, it's so very cool. We now have the ability to do what used to be science fiction. We can extract, <laughs> we can extract the DNA from the fossilized remains of ancient forms of life. Sounds like Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, and then resurrect well, them even. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, well, this is, ju yeah, Jurassic Park was science fiction when it was written. And to the best of my knowledge, we are not resurrecting these forms of life. My mic here. But we now have the ability, we can actually pull the DNA from the bone marrow of the beings that we were taught were our ancestors that we descended from. And what we've discovered is that we did not evolve slowly, gradually over a long period of time. Neanderthal, oh. we didn't descend from Neanderthal, that we showed up, we appeared on earth 200,000 years ago. Scientists agree with that, no problem with the date. The question is, where do we come from? How did we get here? And why is it that we haven't changed? in 200,000 years. This is not Darwin's idea of evolution. So what the DNA is telling us 
is that we have the cranial capacity, we've got the, the neural networks, we've got the physical structure that we arrived with, with all of the extraordinary capabilities already intact. They, we were equipped with capabilities of light years beyond what we needed in the world to survive 200,000 years ago. And it happened all of a sudden. It did not happen slowly, gradually over this long period of time. So this is where I'm fascinated because the, so many of our ancestors and ancient traditions sought to develop the awareness of these capabilities. Hmm. And they did so through the people that I talked about, through the healers and the mystics and the yogis. We've been led to believe that we have to be special people that we have to live, you know, halfway around the world and renounce our worldly possessions and, and live in a monastery somewhere to, to embrace these potentials. And the truth is we can do it in our living room. And now that we understand the relationship between the heart, the brain, the neurons in the heart, the neurons in the brain, the fact that every cell in our bodies, the 50 trillion or so cells in the human body, the fact that every cell holds an electrical potential of about 0.07 volts. Now, it doesn't sound like much, but you do 50 trillion times 0.07 volts. You got it's around 350, pretty fast. <laughs> 350 trillion volts of electrical potential. Every cell functions as a resistor, as a transistor, as a capacitor. We store information. We release information. We emit photons of light. We receive photons of light. Every cell is like a little gated circuit. And we regulate all of it through thought, feeling, emotion, and belief. And this is a very powerful, very sophisticated internal technology that far exceeds anything that we can build in the world around us. And this is where it gets really interesting is because we're living in an age where we've been conditioned to believe that we are powerless victims of external circumstances. COVID-19 is a perfect example that we need chemicals in our bodies in order to be able to function in life. And some people may, I'm, I'm not uh, in any way denigrating the science that gives us that capability. But if we are reasonably healthy, if we have a reasonably healthy immune system, um, we probably don't need that kind of support. And this is where the, the knowledge of this internal technology really, really comes into vogue. And, and the bottom line, what we're asking ourselves right now, it all comes down to love. What we're asking ourselves is, do we love ourselves enough to give our bodies what they need to live our lives in a way so that we are optimum, so that we are at our best, so that our bodies know what they have done for 200,000 years. We have survived every contagion that has come into our awareness. And I'm not just, it's not just because of COVID-19, but it's up for us right now. It's an example. Hmm. So, so what we're discovering now, and then I'll, I'll, this is a long answer to a short question. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but, no, what, what we're discovering, there is a, a movement in the world, in the technological world called transhumanism. It is a movement to replace human biology with chips, computer chips, wires, chemicals, and machines. Here's what the new science is showing. All of the technology that we have built from the most sophisticated computers to the lasers, to the radar, everything that we have built, the cell phones, the, the internet, it mimics, all of that technology mimics what we already do in our bodies, except we do it better. So there is a battle 
unfolding in our lives, and it's a battle people don't talk about. It is a battle for our very humanness. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And once we give our humanness away to the technology in one generation, the evidence suggests that certain cells begin to atrophy, for example, if we replace them with a chip or a chemical that does that function for us, then that function begins to atrophy. How much of our humanness do we want to compromise? How much do we want to give away? And we can't answer that until we know who we are. And that is why this is so exciting right now, because we're living at the, the place, the crossroad of ancient wisdom, spiritual traditions, the wisdom and the traditions that tell us how to do these extraordinary things with our lives and the science that tells us why it works. And we've never been here before. And it gives us the evolutionary edge to succeed and to thrive in this emerging world where other civilizations in the past, other cultures may not have been so fortunate. So it's a long answer to a short question, but I wanted to say that so we can build on it as we as we do this dance that you're leading, I, the dance that you're I leading. I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly appreciate you setting so much groundwork into the context. And that was going to be where one of my questions emerges, which is we talk about you mentioned they're transcending boxes. And uh like you the the at the end of it you were talking about um Sorry, you're talking about these little boxes that make us like all these little bits of information, like all these little, whether it's the science, whether it's culture, all these little boxes that we're in, our education. And you, at the end of your response, you sort of came to, you know, this is why it's so important to understand our past, right? And that was going to be one of my questions is why do we need to understand our, like, what is it about our past that like drives your like passion to understand what's going on in there? And from there, is it, understanding the past, knowing the story, does that give us some sort of opportunity to transcend the story or is it, you know, cause I often find we're trying to transcend the story. And I, I often find as a coach that you can't really transcend story, human being human. There is this storiness that is to being human. We have the opportunity to write our story. Right. And that's what I feel like you're inviting us to do on a really deep level from like well, you're, origin you- story. You're using the language that answers the question in in a beautiful way. There is uh, an American author, his name is Scott Turo, Mm. who made a beautiful statement. I don't even know if he knows how powerful this statement is, but I use his statement frequently. Mm. And he asks us the question. He says, who are we? But the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves and believe. It's Mm. not just what we say, but what do we believe? 
And now I'm going to take it a step further. What do we believe on a conscious level and how much of our story is programmed on a subconscious level that we live in our lives, our relationships, we may, may not even be aware that we're living them. We are the product. We are steeped in a story. It is a story based upon science and the technological world. It began about 150 years ago with the introduction from Charles Darwin, the theory of evolution. Mm. We live, we're the product of a story that says we are the result of random mutations, lucky biology, an accident that just happened to get lucky. We are told that the fundamental rule in nature is competition, conflict, struggle, and scarcity. Now, people say to me, and a lot of young people that come to our programs, they say, Greg, that's cool. Actually, they say, that's sweet. <laughs> I say it's cool. They say sweet. So they, they say, Greg, okay, sweet. We got that Darwin maybe wasn't 100% accurate, but so what? It was 100, it was 1859. Who cares? You know, we live in this technological age. What difference could it possibly make? And it's a really good question. And the answer surprises them because the foundations of the society that we live in, in this modern technological age, the foundations were put in place in the late 1800s and the early 1900s. And those foundations were based upon what was believed to be true at that time. And this is why the economic system, for example, is based upon the belief of competition, conflict, struggle, scarcity, because that was believed to be the fundamental rule of nature. That's why the corporate system is based upon centralized, centralized governance. And the, the way that our corporate system is working was meant to mimic those beliefs, well, now we know those beliefs aren't true. And it's no surprise that those things are breaking, that the unsustainable ways of thinking and living, that's, that's all we're, we're experiencing. We are witnessing and living the breakdown of the unsustainable ways of thinking and living uh, to give way to what comes next. And we are choosing what comes next. So this is the answer to your question. If we live our lives based upon the way we've been taught to think about ourselves. Mm. And we've been taught that we are powerless victims uh, of random mutations, accidental life form where there's no real meaning or purpose in our lives. And that it's survival of the strongest, which are Darwin's actual words. He said survival of the strongest at a later time, the New York Times reworded it to survival of the fittest and Darwin then agreed. But his original words in his book, Survival of the Strongest, if we live our lives, if that's our story, then it would make sense to live the way we've lived in the past. But that's not our story. And mm. so we are rewriting our story, We're writing a new human story. And it's a beautiful story of hope and possibility. It is a story of sovereignty, mm. of biological sovereignty, emotional sovereignty, physiological sovereignty. It is a story of freedom, and this is where we are moving right now. Some people don't like it. Some people are afraid of it. Some people are trying to stop it by imposing more control, and it's not going to work. It's not working, and, and we're, we're seeing that. So here's, here's, here's why this is important. We are taught in our story to hinge our sense of well-being upon the world around us, and as long as that world is 
is copacetic. You know, you come home from work and as long as the, the economy's good, stock market's good, your neighbors are happy, no guns in the streets, the kids all came home alive, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good day. Mm-hmm. But when that world begins to crumble, mm-hmm. if our sense, this makes perfect sense, if our, if our sense of well-being is locked up in the external world and that external world is collapsing, that's where the struggle and the suffering come from. But the new discoveries are showing us very, very clearly how to embrace the deep truth of our inner technology so that as we become masters of sovereign life, sovereign biology, this means that we know how to create the immune systems that serve us in, in our lives today. We know how to awaken the longevity enzymes that uh, uh, for healing and, and regeneration. We know how to create resilience on demand. We know how to create intuition on demand. All those things are what we talk about in the books and the workshops. When we know those things, then we unplug our sense of well-being from the outer world. We still function in that world, but we are not devastated as that world goes through the gyrations that mm. it's going through right now. And this, I think, is, uh, is where our mastery begins. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, um, yeah, when you put it so eloquently and so cleanly, it's, uh, it's staring at you right in the face. <laughs> Thank you. I think this is really interesting, the, the, the conversation around how competition no longer serves us. And when I stop to pause to just for a reflection, I, I see just the tools that are, that are helping somewhat disintegrate the competition are the tools of cooperation. When I look at like our interconnectedness, it's cooperation is just whether we like it or not. It's, it's a resurgent. It was ever present. It's kind of reclaiming that dialogue that we were trying to have. And it, it sort of brings forth that perhaps there are some irrefutable laws of nature like cooperation. And I, I like that you reframe it to, to, you know, uh, survival of the strongest because there's always this saying that we're stronger together. Um, and yeah, that, that really, really lands home really deeply for me. I, um, well, what, yeah. what, what you're saying right now, community is, has to be one of the foundations. So here, as we move forward, people are saying, what do we do? What do we do? Mm-hmm. We cannot possibly know what world awaits a year from now. The world is changing so quickly or even six months from now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just gave, I was with Dr. Bruce Lipton. We gave a talk at the United Nations not long ago and we shared with them essentially what you and I are talking about right now. We can't possibly know with certainty what will happen. But what we can know is this. If we choose the values that we cherish as a civilization, that we cherish as a species, and we bring those values front and center and make every law and every policy and every choice that we make revolve around those fundamental values rather than putting the values on the back burner in exchange for profit or in exchange for some other benefit. If we can choose those values that we cherish the most for ourselves and future generations, then we can't go wrong when we make those new policies, but we've got to hold ourselves to it. What what are the values? The values, common sense values, the value of life itself. Life has to, to not be marginalized. Life is precious. Community. We are communal beings. We are not made to be separate. We are made to be in community, whether that's with one other person or a million people, whether it's physical or virtual. We're, we're being asked to socially 
distance ourselves, but not socially isolate. That's important. The value of imagination to replace our children's pastimes with electronics where they are mesmerized by moving lights, to replace that with creative endeavors to spark the imagination. Uh, freedom, the fundamental value of freedom, the freedom to have community, the freedom to explore imagination, the freedom to live life. These are fundamental values, in my opinion, in my humble opinion as one man, these are the fundamental, among the fundamental values, I know there are others, that must be held sacred at the foundation, at the core of the world that we choose to live as we emerge from this global, what is often now being called a global reset by some people. If we're going to reset, let's reset, let's get it right. Mm. And let's get, let's get it right with these fundamental values that have been sidelined in future generations before you and I were ever even born. Thank you so much for that call to arms. And what I hear is uh, when I, yeah, just through my own work, like the values, like it's, it's cornerstone 101. We do it when we try to better understand ourselves and it's, you know, you kind of set your values and you start walking out and you're often like not afraid to kind of go, I actually like, let's, let's pivot on our values as well. Cause this is actually emerging as being even more important. And perhaps what I'm hearing as well is that we haven't, even considered them, let alone had the opportunity to pivot them and actually install them. One of the questions for me is values uh, feels like when I, when I uh, tune into it for myself, it's, it's me working on myself and then from the inside and I can build those values. And I feel like I, I feel the essence of, uh, I need a better word, but control is probably going to be the word that I go lean into there. Um, but then this, this dialogue sometimes emerges around my, my subconscious mind, my beliefs. And I know there's a, there's a potential there to have a conversation around how do we, how do we actually reprogram our beliefs? How do we actually reprogram our subconscious mind? How do we actually, you know, people often find themselves a victim of life and they, they, those beliefs get installed. And I sometimes feel like we have these little belieficals is what I call them. <laughs> and our experience feeds our belieficals. How do we start to reprogram some of our beliefs? Well, it's a good question. And, you know, the, the techniques are beyond what I can offer in, in five or six minutes mm. here. Uh, it begins with an awareness, allowing ourselves to have an awareness. And for me, it begins with a promise. It begins with a promise to ourselves to be truthful, to be honest, to be factual mm. about who we are, our relationship to our own bodies, our relationship to other people, our relationship to the cosmos, to God or a higher power, our relationship to the earth, our relationship to the past and our relationship to the future. It's all about relationships. It begins with a promise that we will not lie to ourselves about who we are. And when we are faced with the immutable truths that the new science is revealing, we have no choice. We actually, we have, we have two choices. We either discount and say we are not going to accept what the science has told us, or when we embrace those deep truths, then we have to relinquish the beliefs that have supported the false narrative of the past. And that is a, that's a, a choice that we all have to make. And I'll, I'll just be very honest. Uh, again, what I'm saying to you flies in the face of what I was taught in my formal education through, mm -hmm. through university, through 
I was a corporate scientist in the defense industry, in the energy industry, in the information energy uh, system, Cisco Systems is my last corporate position. And everything I'm saying to you, it flies in the face of what I was taught in those systems. However, it is supported by the new discoveries. And when the new discoveries tell us that they no longer support the old story, it's time for a new story. And we are living that time right now. You know, what I, I also know is it takes a lot of work to embrace a new story. It's not easy to change a belief system for anyone. When I was, uh, I think many of your listeners probably know a little bit about me, if they're familiar with me, I, I'm the product of a very dysfunctional family, an alcoholic, abusive alcoholic family, um, survivor of childhood trauma. Um, my father, the abuser, left my family when I was 10. And when he left, my mother handed me a book. She, she said to me, she says, I am not equipped to help you through what it is that you're going to go through. She goes, I, because I'm hurting too. Mm. But she said, I think this book may help you. And it was written in 1929. It was a book by a man, it was a, a Sufi. And his name was Khalil Gibran. Oh. And the title of the book, the title of the book is called The Prophet. My favorite. Yeah, well, each, each chapter uh, is, is very brief, but it, it invites us into deep contemplation of some aspect of our lives. So when I was 10 years old, I read a chapter on work because I had to lie about my age and go to work. We were very poor. Uh, I had to, to, to go to work in a copper factory is, is where I ended up um, because we needed the money. Yep. And what Khalil Gibran told us about work mm. has been a cornerstone of my life from that moment to this moment. It's on my wall right now. It's, it's on a, a plaque in front of my computer. There it is right there. <laughs> and, and it applies to the work that it takes to change our belief system. This is why I'm bringing it up right now. What Khalil Gibran said is work is love made visible. Work is love made visible. Do we love ourselves enough to put the energy, to put the work into being honest, truthful, and factual with ourselves so that we can become the best version of ourselves possible? Ultimately, it boils down to something that simple. And it can be as complex as we choose to make it. But as a scientist, I have to tell you, life is simple. Nature is simple until we make it complex with symbols and words and mathematics. So it all comes down to love. Do we love ourselves enough to, to put the energy into being honest with ourselves about who we are? And once we do that, and this is so interesting, I, mean, I just have to tell you this. I've, I was with a group of men. I was in a manly, a very manly workshop, all males. Mm. And, and some of the men said to me, I'll do this once but I'll never do it again. And don't you tell anybody, you know, that I'm even going to consider it. And, and I said, that's beautiful. And here's the reason. I didn't trick him. I was very honest. I said, here's the reason. It's because once you take that first step and you open yourself to that truth, you cannot go back. It's impossible to unsee what you have seen. It's impossible to unknow what has been revealed. You can discount it, but you will never unknow it. And if you're going to live an authentic life of honesty and truthfulness, uh, then you must embrace what it is that you've discovered about yourself. And it just goes on from there. Isn't that beautiful? 
Oh, Greg, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Last tiny little question before I let you go. Sure. Just the vision that we have for ourselves, the vision that you see for potentially what's emerging at this crossroads. What does, when you hear inspired evolution, what does inspired evolution mean to you? Well, I I will be very honest. I'm I'm an optimist Mm. and I'm also a realist. And I am optimistic about our world and our future in the long term. Realistically, we're going to go through some turmoil to get to that, to that world because I'm just going to invite our listeners just to consider this. And I'm going to speak directly to them. Do you know what a powerful being it takes to live in the world that we are living in right now, where we are seeing and experiencing the collapse of everything that we have been taught to trust and depend upon that was built upon quicksand in the past. To to let that world go without having the certainty of what comes next already in place. You know what a powerful being that takes and that's precisely where we are right now. And all we have is ourselves. And ultimately that's all we need. Because when we recognize the power and the mastery that's available within us that has been with us from the moment we appeared on earth 200,000 years ago, what it says, we are evolving. And I believe we are evolving in consciousness. Our body may not have changed, but we are definitely evolving in consciousness. And it means, it means I'm a musician as well as a scientist. So I'm going to use my musician's poetry here. It means that we are the artists as well as the art. We are the artists designing what we are about to live is the art of our society, of our communities that are evolving right now. So inspired evolution is to me, when I hear the word inspired evolution, it says to me that I'm part of the process and I am an architect of the process rather than experiencing it as something happening to me. We're finding ourselves in our brushstrokes and yeah, the, the canvas is life. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you so much for your time, your energy, your presence, nay, your blessings <laughs> with us here today. Thank you so much. And we know that it's not just a moment in time that we're, you know, we're blessed in this moment to have you here, but also just a life's journey that informs you to, you know, to have this deep, 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 deep dive with us here today. And I feel like knowing you, we've just really scratched the surface. So wishing you all the best of the future and hoping to see you again soon. Thank you so yeah. much for your blessing. Well, thank you for trusting me with your community. And I would stay with you, but I'm on, it's a media day. I'm on to another interview right now. Uh, I don't know why we haven't worked together in the past, but let's uh, let's do this again in the future. So I look forward to our next. Okay, brother? I can't wait. Have a beautiful day, brother. Enjoy yourself. Big you up. as well. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Thanks for listening in to another amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. If you're loving these episodes, make your way across to YouTube, click subscribe. Fresh episodes are launched every Monday with highlights being released throughout the week. Thank you so much. And hey guys, just so you know, a lot of love, heart, soul and work goes into these episodes. So if you could, please leave us a five-star review and comment on iTunes. I love reading your positive feedback. It fans the flames of the passion to continue to create and help you live the life that you love. Thank you so much for your wonderful feedback. I can't wait to see you again in the next episode. Big love from Amrit.
And remember to stay inspired to evolve. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.